much love. What's the matter with your life? Why you gotta mess with mine? Don't keep sweating what I do. I'm going to be just fine. Check it out. It's episode six, season five of Ravage Love. That, of course, is the original girl bosses, Salt and Peppa. Hi, Julie. Hello, Renee. How are you? If I want to take a guy home with me tonight. It's none of your business. I wasn't sure what you were going to choose for a song, and that was a solid choice because I thought you were going to go Doja Cat. I was, but I've already done Doja Cat. So I was going to do... Um, Boss she works fish? hard for the money. Oh, good one. But then I was like, I just had the song in my head and I was like, nah, nah, nah. I was like, this is good. This is good. Cause, you know, I, I wanna I wanna believe that, you know, girl bosses, you know, elevate themselves so they can elevate other women. Right? I mean, it's called Shine Theory for a reason. So there we go. This week on the show, our theme is girl boss. And I love this because not long ago, March 8th, was International Women's Day. We had an International Women's Day bonus episode. Oh, yeah, and this, I don't know, I pay attention every year because uh, both Renee and I are feminists who work in the field. And so when you are a feminist who works in, you know, social justice things, International Women's Day is basically your Super Bowl. Like, you're slammed, you're super busy, there's a thousand things going on. So I'm very much Mm -hmm. always paying attention. And for some reason, this year, there seemed to be a lot of nonsense on International Women's Day that I can only equate to the feminist version of I'm not like other girls. So I just kept (laughs) seeing so many, like, not just, like, Twitter threads, but even then, they were Twitter threads by, like, you know, people who are pretty renowned, like, not people with, like, four friends, you know, but also, like, these editorials and stuff that were talking about how, you know, this International Women's Day, like, do's and don'ts, and it was, like, don't stop making things pink, and, like, stop calling people girl bosses, and stop calling, and I was so pissed off, (laughs) because... I am a femme. I love pink things. I love quote unquote girly things. If someone calls me a girl, like a, I have two boss lady like nameplates that friends have bought me for my desk at work. <laughs> and like that shit doesn't offend me. And the idea that women calling each other girl boss or what, or like buying swag that's like slay girl slay or whatever is like, regressive for the women's movement is a fucking joke to me and the color pink is only infantilizing if you think the color blue is infantilizing to men and nobody thinks that so could we maybe just because it's so masculine julie exactly and so it's like instead of questioning why it is that quote-unquote girly things are not seen as professional and legitimate instead it, it becomes Basically, women act like men and then you'll be treated like one. And it just makes me real fucking mad. And so I am totally fine. I'm, we're not saying girl boss. And like, we're saying it in kind of a cheeky way because that's what we do on the show. But like, for the record, let the record state that I have two degrees in women's studies. I have been working <laughs> in the feminist sector for 20 years. I wear lipstick. I wear heels. I like pink. I like girly shit and it does not take away from my feminism. It does not take away from my 
um, expertise, from my intelligence. And I think if you think that, sit with why that is, um, because that's actually you reinforcing misogyny in the name of like dismantling it. And you should check that out for yourself. That's yeah, the and I have I have a diploma in paralegal studies <laughs> and social work, and I wear a Mothman t-shirt. So check your privilege, people. <laughs> no, but like your feminist credentials are rock solid. You are a mother of daughters. Like you, under- Ugh, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it's just such a. But you know what I mean, though. It very much gives me. It's like the woke version of. I'm not like other girls and I just hate that fucking mentality. And then instead of us like interrogating why it is that quote unquote feminine coded things are seen as less than or infantilizing or immature, instead it becomes like, and it's like, it's the same mentality in the eighties that literally said, Oh women, you want to join the workforce and be taken seriously? Wear giant shoulder pads and dress like a man. Like that was literally where shoulder pads came from. And it's just such, it's so ridiculous. Like I shouldn't have to look like a man. And I shouldn't have to, like, reduce my femininity in order to be taken seriously. That is the definition of misogyny, mm. people. I like shoulder pads because I can, like, hit people with my shoulder and be like, watch where you're going. <laughs> and, and it's just, like, it gives me, it gives me like, street cred. Oh, um, you give me a yeah. good, sharp shoulder pad? There's nothing I can't do. And again, no, that's what I'm saying. I think it's because you and I are were born in the 80s. And so the images that we saw of what it meant to be an adult woman were like the moms and the aunties and stuff in our lives and the women on TV, like mm-hmm. Murphy Brown, who had like big old shoulder pads, big old hair. I mean, I just want to uh, my my version of a power woman is Sigourney Weaver and I just, I imagine her just clocking aliens with her big fucking shoulders. She's like, move out of my way, Bill Murray. Get fucked. And she's like, boop, boop, boop. You can't see me right now, but I'm just clocking my shoulders all over the place. Like, the range you get with a good shoulder pad, it's a good 360. You could just, you could just pinwheel and just take out, take out, like, gangsters with your shoulders. Just click, 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 click. Just fucking get them. What would they do? Nothing. I mean... Do you remember Joan Cusack in Working Girl? Like that bitch, yes. sh- her hair, her shoulder pads, and her blue eyeshadow could have mesmerized any villain. And she did. Iconic. I- yeah. Iconic. <laughs> exactly. So all I'm saying is this week we decided on Girl Bosses. As per usual, same theme, two different books, and generally two very different directions. Um, sure were. <laughs> <laughs> guarantee it i have no and as usual we do not know what each other picked but i can assume that renee's is off the charts mine is fairly mainstream oh my god it was so good renee i picked oh my god i actually picked up i don't remember where i was but i picked up an actual paper copy of this book because i saw it and i was like oh Adriana Herrera, I've read her stuff before. Oh, yeah. Love her stuff. So, Adriana Herrera is a USA Today bestselling author. Uh, she was born and raised in the Caribbean, uh, but for the last 15 years has let her job and her spouse take her all over the world. Um, and my favorite thing in her little tagline in her bio is she loves writing stories about people who look and sound like her people getting unapologetic happy endings. So she, right, so she writes about women of color, men of color, uh, lots of bi and queer characters. So I think she is bi. I feel like she, 
she mentioned that at one point in an interview or something that I read. Um, so previous books of hers that I've read were like this queer couple, these two men, um, and one of them was an undocumented immigrant. Like her books have great characters, amazing storylines. The writing is so good. I, I'm going to say it. She is my favorite contemporary romance writer. Done. Oh, her, I love so, that. I mean, you know me, I love a historical romance, but when it comes to contemporary, it's Adriana Herrera all day, every day. Her stuff is so good. And holy shit, Renee, her books are fucking spicy. Oh, I know. This might be one of the spiciest books I've read on the show. Literally. Mm. So, the book I read this week is called On the Hustle. Uh, it's pretty hefty. It's about 350 pages or so. It came out. Woof. Yeah. Came out in 2022. Um, so it's fresh to death. Um, and incredible. So I'm just telling you right now, if you are listening to this and this is, you know, pick up, add to your library list, whatever, however you get your books on the hustle by Adriana Herrera. So the premise is Alba Duarte, I think is how you say her last name is a millennial Dominican living in New York, working three jobs and dealing with a very demanding boss, a fulfilling but very demanding side hustle as a um, doing freelance interior design consultations. And she's getting famous on Instagram and TikTok for the coolest fucking reason, Renee. I don't know if this job actually exists, if a person like this actually exists, but in this story, Alba's specialty is making book-themed bedroom makeovers. Oh, I love it. So you're super into D&D? Well, she'll come to your house and she'll make you a D&D themed room. You're super into Outlander? She'll make you an Outlander room. You're super into oh, Harry Potter? That's sad. I don't want to see an Outlander room. <laughs> You don't want some tartan? Um, I mean, have you have you have you read it or watched the show? Because there's a lot going on in a dungeon in that story, and uh, that's where my mind immediately. Okay, went. yeah, there's a lot of sexual assault in that one, but um, yeah, yeah. but a lot of different like fantasy books and romance books, and so she she just started doing this as like a fun thing when she was in school for interior design, and then her friends were like so you got to start an Instagram account. Like you have to put this on social media. It's like such great inspo for other people. And so it's really taking off. Um, but her day job is being an assistant to, um, a man named Theo. I'm going to say Theo, even though my French brain wants to say Theo, but <laughs> he's half Greek, half Dominican, an Olympic swimmer, absolute six foot three smoke show of a man who's jacked to shit. Um, and he is the billionaire heir to a real estate fortune. Ooh. And she, he's real demanding, real precise, basically never even really talks to her. Um, and she basically keeps complaining to her friends about how awful this person is. And they're like, yeah, and you're taking off on social media. So just like quit and freelance and do your own thing. You're so much better than this guy's personal assistant. So she has a cross-coastal friendship, much like you and I, and her, she's in New York, her best friend's in Dallas, and her best friend is like, girl, I've lived here for two years now, you've never been able to come and see me because you've always been so busy, give that man your notice, come to Dallas, come and see me, I miss you, and we'll plan your next big venture. So she 
gives him his notice and says, okay, as planned, I'm going to Dallas for a week and then I'm going to come back and do my last two weeks. And he was like a little taken aback, but it was like, okay, I'm sure we can replace you. So she leaves and she goes to Dallas. Then she gets to Dallas and her she finds out through the grapevine that there is an incredible opportunity for a two-month or three-month contract for this public library that's in like a really kind of rundown neighborhood and they just want to really revive it. And so because she does book-themed makeovers, like she's not just an interior designer, she thinks a lot, she's a huge reader. They're like, oh my God, you're literally the perfect person and you're in Dallas right now. Then like, we want to give you this job. And so her best friend's like, girl, you have to. This is an incredible opportunity. I'll help you get settled. It's just a couple months. And then you can go back to New York if you hate it. But I'm sure you'll love Dallas. So she sends an email to her boss and says, I'm not coming back. And he calls her and he's really upset. And she's like, you never asked me any questions about my life. You were extremely picky about how you wanted your coffee and what time I had to be at work. And I literally had to be at 6.05 every morning. I had to be at the fucking rooftop pool for you to come out of the pool from your morning laps to give you your perfect coffee to tell you and you've never asked me anything about my life you don't give a shit about me and now all of a sudden you're like don't leave like what the fuck is this he's like how much money do i need to give you to stay and she's like uh none because i'm not coming back well renee turns out theo has a big old crush on alba but He was cold and distant with her because his own father had lots of office dalliances that resulted in his parents' divorce. And his dad ended up marrying a woman who worked for him. So his stepmother is only five years older than him. And he really likes his stepmother. They get along now. But he's just like, I don't want to be that fucking creep at the office because one... It could be inappropriate. Like, what if I hit on somebody and it's not reciprocated and it feels like harassment to them? So I just want to be really professional. But because I really like her, I have to be really strict with my boundaries. And when she had said that she was giving her notice and that she would be leaving in two weeks, he concocted this plan that on her last day, he was going to say, now that you no longer work with me, I'd really like to take you out for dinner. But she fucking threw a wrench in that plan by saying, I'm never coming back. So what does he do? He is like, how do I get this woman to come back? And he confides in his stepmom and she's like, well, you got to run after her. And he's like, I can't just go to Dallas and tell this woman that I worked with for three years that I love her. Like, he's like, that plan's not going to work. Well, doesn't an opportunity land in his lap? So for years now, they've been trying, reality TV shows have been approaching him to do a show um, where he could be, you know, renovating houses or he could be on a competition show about something because they're like, you're beautiful. You're kind of famous because you were an Olympian and your dad is this billionaire. So you'd be great pull for the show. And he always said no, always said no. But then he gets this opportunity and it's to help a nonprofit or a like low income neighborhood. And the company is going through this big PR crisis because the dad, who's the billionaire heir, unsurprisingly made his money for years by being a fucking slumlord. And now mm. that people are talking about how landlords are shitty, the company is getting a bad rep for having been a slumlord. So they're having this PR crisis. And he's like, um, this is fucking perfect. I can go to Dallas. I can get Alba to come back to me. I can hire Alba to work as the designer on this show. And this big billionaire company is going to be doing something good. And we're doing something good on camera. This is a win, win, win situation. 
So he shows up to Dallas and says, yeah, I'll do the show, but you have to hire this woman named Alba. As long as you hire her as the designer, I will do whatever you say. They're like, yeah, we just need you here for a month to film this show. And then everybody wins. He's like, great. So he gets there. And then what place do they choose? The library that Alba is going to be working at. So Alba shows up on her first day of work and they're like, oh, so just so you know, there's actually a film crew that's going to be following our project and they actually want you to be a part of the show. So if you go into the boardroom, they'll be waiting there meeting for you. And who is there? But fucking Theo. (laughs) So Alba thinks that he's there to sabotage her because she thinks he's a prick, right? Well, he's like, no, 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 no. This and explains to her the situation. And she's still just like, I don't know. I don't trust you. There's something fucking shady going on here. Like, what what are you doing here? Why? And he's like, why would I want to sabotage you? And she's like, because you don't give a shit about me. And he's like, no, I was just trying to maintain good boundaries. And thus begins the enemies to lovers situation where they are working on the show together. The producer is a piece of shit and he's constantly trying to undermine Alba and Theo keeps standing up for her and she appreciates it, but she's still just like suspicious because she's like, this guy was such a dick to me. And now he's in Dallas and he's nice to me and he's kind of flirty. And I'm like, where the fuck is this going? What's going on here? Um, and so there's all the sexual tension. And then her, you know, she was only planning on staying for a week. So her accommodations fall through and he's like look they put me up in this massive condo with like basically two separate wings you can stay in the condo with me we don't even have to like interact with each other obviously that just adds more sexual attention mm-hmm. and um she can't help it i mean the guy's a fucking smoke show and basically says to her like yeah i always had a crush on you but i was trying to be respectful they bang in the pool and like it's by the pool starts in the pool by the pool it's so hot renee it was like i literally was like was it warm in here and then i saw myself i was like oh i'm blushing um so hot super consensual very much about him just being like all i've ever wanted to do was eat your pussy like just like hot 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 he's like obsessed with her ass he just talks about her ass constantly and how obsessed he is with her ass um so then they start like fucking but she's like distrusting and then finally at one point she's like this is too much too fast and it's just like giving me a bit of a headache because like i literally hated you for three years i obviously wanted to fuck you because you're super hot but i hated you and now you're this other person and i just don't trust it please give me space um but then her car breaks down on one of the days and she calls everyone else and they're like bitch just fucking call him you know you want him and he'll come help you sure enough he comes to help and then they get stuck in a downpour so then they go and find refuge in like someone's yard and they find a shed and then they fuck in the shed and like it should be so cliched and terrible but it was so hot and so well done and somehow believable um and then stuff starts going wrong with the work so the producer that was trying to basically undermine her uh freaks out on her and someone else someone else records it um unbeknownst to her She's so overwhelmed, overheated because they're shooting in the middle of the fucking blazing Texas sun. So she passes out and and they're like, okay, we need to take a couple days off. And he insists. Tio is like, nope, like she has to take a couple days off. She's so ill. And so he's like, I'm going to take you to my house in Santa Fe and we're just going to have a sexy getaway weekend. And right before they leave, he finds out, he overhears that they're actually going to be shelving the show and not airing it at all because someone recorded the producer losing his shit 
and is now saying if you air the show like basically blackmailing them to say give me money or i'm gonna air this sequence of him freaking out and they're like we can't handle that so we're just gonna shelve the show and Tio knows that she's going to be devastated because the show was the exposure she needed to start her own company. But he's like, you know what? She just fucking fainted from heat exhaustion. Let's just have this sexy weekend in Santa Fe. And then when she comes back, when we get back, I'll break the news to her. And in the meantime, I'll try to fix it and see if we can get around it. If I can pay the quote unquote ransom, like I just need this show to air so that this woman can live her dream. So they have a sexy fucking weekend. Uh, So much banging Uh, comes back and someone texts her. Hey, so sorry to hear about the show. And she's like, what the fuck's going on? And then he's like, Hey, and she is real mad that he didn't tell her. And he's like, look, I wanted you to have a weekend to rest. You're not doing well. And she's like, I can't believe you would lie to me. And you know, I know I have a trouble trusting people. Blah, 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 blah. So then they have a little, she's like, leave me alone. I hate you. Uh, And obviously he's in love with her obviously she's in love with him so their friends intervene to be like it's not fucking being ding dongs the both of you you obviously want to be together and so there's this beautiful moment where Tio and her friends that are all like queer and delightful um concoct a plan that includes calling her mom in new york and flying her mom into dallas to get her mom to say look I don't need you to be in New York to take care of me. You can stay in Dallas. You can start your business. You have an incredible following on social media. We believe in you. And also stop being a dum-dum. You're obviously in love with this man. Stop fighting it. Just fucking trust that he loves you. (laughs) And they have this beautiful moment. And then she's like, I'll think about it. And then her friends concoct this whole ruse of like, oh my God, this client wants to meet with you right away. They want you to come look at their space because they want you to decorate it. And like, you know, with the show not going, you need any job you can get. And she shows up and it's a house she doesn't recognize. And then Tio comes out and she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, I bought this house for us. We live here now. Are you into it? And she's like, but I'm so messy and chaotic and my career is so important to me. And da 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 da. And he was like, all I want to do is support you in your career. Let's live together forever. And they fucking Aww. do. And she Yay. ends up opening up her own storefront where she sells like book themed housewares and then does book themed interior design. And then he, I mean, there's a whole subplot about his family business that I didn't get into, but because uh, like I was also like, you know, if anyone listening to this is like, well, what about him? He had a fucking job in New York. What's he doing? Um, he basically told his papa to go fuck himself and was like, I don't, nice. yeah, right. I'm always here for that. Telling off dads. That's my fucking king. Um, and says, um, your wife, my stepmother is hella smart and hella talented and you should check your fucking chauvinism and actually give her the company. Cause she is better at this than any of us are. So you give her ah. the company let her be a fucking girl boss as well. And then I'm going to live my real dream, which is living here in Dallas where he was building um, sustainable houses for low income people. Oh my God. Right. So you have Alba being a girl boss surrounded by her friends who like at no point try to tell her that she needs to quit her job or that her job is too important to her. Like there's none of that nonsense. And then here's this beautiful high powered man who's like, this woman is my stepmother and she's only five years older than me. Kind of weird, but also not her fault. And she's lovely. So why don't you just give her some power so that she could be a fucking boss? And 
this is my this is my fantasy like this is when, when i finished this book i sat there and i was like this is it for me this is my fantasy <laughs> truly is <laughs> like someone who's equally as ambitious as i am who is not threatened by my career who wants to see me succeed who doesn't feel threatened by me and is okay that my life is like chaotic and like you know alba's super close with her family theo was not close with his family they were always fighting and he like respected the fact that her family was important to her and like oh it was so good renee it was so good and it was so spicy and funny like her books are some of the funniest books i've read and like not laughing at but like genuinely very funny um and yeah i loved it so in terms of spice 100 percent, it's getting a five out of five um and there's this whole bit about dominican food so i'm giving it five out of five and i'm gonna fuck up the pronunciation but they are called sancocho i think is how you pronounce it which is apparently a famous seven meat stew from the dominican republic so Ooh, i'm giving it yum. five out of five sancochos and um in terms of accoutrement i mean i'm gonna have to assign it erotica it's it's a it's a book themed so they're they're accoutrement although it's a tie between a very sexy book that she would read and get herself turned on to fuck him or there's this scene you know that like tiktok famous flat rose shaped vibrator yeah 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 so there's a whole scene where they buy one of those together and then he fucks her with it it's very spicy um yeah 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 he like sticks it in her underwear and then she uses it while she's blowing him it's a whole thing uh didn't hate it so yeah (laughs) that's uh, either of those maybe she's reading a book while she's using the flower (laughs) (laughs) and that was on the hustle by adriana herrera (laughs) a girl boss classic here on ravage love i love it thank you i know it's not your style but no i I i love any book that's spicy and empowering um and honestly like i wouldn't pick it up but i i know that i would love it if i was reading it yeah that's fair and i really do feel that way like if you were like renee this week you have to read this book and you did you would love it and the right like i said Mm -hmm. the writing is so solid and like the friends are so funny but also just like it's just realistic like none of the dialogue feels hokey even the sex scenes don't feel like they're just so well written and they never feel cheesy there's no weird like metaphors and shit like we get down and it's hot like at one point he just like gives her a massage and then just like finger banging her and like eating out her ass and then she like has a big old orgasm and then she's like okay your turn and he's like no i just wanted to make you feel good and then puts a blanket on her and he's like nap time and then she just naps for four hours oh my god that's (laughs) how you know this is fiction (laughs) like oh you had heat stroke at work and you feel terrible let me swoop you away to my house in santa fe where i'm gonna massage you and then let you nap for four hours and then i'll take you dancing where you're gonna go buy sex toys okay anytime it's it's been like i just want to make you feel good renee i'm just i just want to i just want to make you feel good and it's like whoops my penis got in there fuck bamboozled exactly i have literally not once in my entire fucking life women or men i have not once had someone just give without expecting receiving 
even though they said, I just want to make you feel good. It'll always just be like, oh, I'm too turned on. I need to stick it in or whatever. Yeah. No, this dude was like hard as a rock. And he was like, no, I could take care of myself. Take a nap, babe. And then went and tried to get yourself a man who (laughs) exactly get yourself a half Dominican, half Greek real estate heir. (laughs) And that easy. It's that easy. I mean, it's really that fucking easy. Why are you not doing it as we speak? It's because you don't want it enough. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, so 100% recommend anything this woman has written um, because they're all great. And she has like about a dozen or so now. Um, and yeah, I've read like two. This is my third book of hers, I think. And one of them was a Christmas one. And it was incredible because it was about like spending Christmas with your chosen family. And yeah. like, that's my speed. So yeah, now I'm dying to know. Where did Renee take the theme of girl boss? <laughs> so we didn't pick a theme originally, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were we were hashing it out the other day, like, what are we going to read? And I told you that across from me, there was a book that I could read. <laughs> I didn't read it, but what I was going to read was Lady Boss by Jackie Collins. Ooh! Because I have it. And then I was like how many pages is this? It was over 500. So I was like, nope. And I put it back on the shelf. Um, now, I, you know, I, I've set a bar for myself and it wasn't easy to find something that, that hit all the marks for me. Um, you know, that being a monster or, or apparition of some kind. Um, also, in charge uh you know manage in management of some kind uh, <laughs> i just i just love our friendship so much that's all i have to say every just, meme have- about like how two best friends can what they both have to look completely different and have different aesthetics and i'm like yeah people think we're siblings by our physical appearance but then our aesthetic and everything else about us they're like this is literally a black and white situation and i love this for us so what i read uh was my boss is a monster girl (laughs) a lit rpg harem fantasy adventure written by a man oh wow that's a choice yeah that's a Uh, choice (laughs) it was the only one i could find where there was a lady who was a boss but also a monster so um I went with Zach Barton. Now, I couldn't find a lot about Zach. Um, He might be a teacher. He might just be an author. But he has only written books as part of the My Virtual World Harem collection. And I read book one. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 And and I'm going to say before I hop in, this book was clearly written by a man for a man. (laughs) Um, all of the reviews on Goodreads are written by other men. Um, and by some of the language in this book, very clearly written by a man for a man. But it wasn't awful. The book wasn't terrible. It was very funny and very well written. In fact, I, it ended abruptly and I was like, well, what happens next? Um, I would say th- maybe like three quarters plus of this book was just fucking... Um, okay how long was the book i don't even know i i think it was short but it felt so long oh no okay it felt so long um 
I'm just gonna get right into it. Sebastian Rotten uh, <laughs> is at an interview at a gaming company, a, a VR gaming company. VR stands for virtual reality, Julie, in case you didn't know. <laughs> um, now, Sophia Blake is the entrepreneur who has is running this this company and and has has made great strides in the field of gaming and virtual reality um and they're just looking for somebody and 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 sebastian um is you know his job originally was to change batteries in a robot and then uh the robot company made a robot to change the battery so he's like but who's gonna change their batteries but he got fired um and he's about to be evicted so he he just he just needs any job any job so he's gone to this company where sophia blake works a very vague uh uh job ad but he's there and he meets he meets sophia blake right off the bat and uh she's like come on in so he he's sitting down and she's like put this vr headset on pepperoni doesn't like this <laughs> Pepperoni has feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Barb is attacking her. And she's like, can you believe our mom read this? <laughs> Who does Zach Barton think he is? Anyway. So he, he's like, why? And she's like, look, if you're going to work for me, you need to pass a trial. And um, then see how you feel. And he's like, oh, all right. So he like puts this, this headset on and he's like oh wow this is really realistic but like everything looks like almost they describe it as a graphic novel he just means comic book it looks like a comic book i don't know why he says graphic novel but everything's like cartoony and he looks up and sophia blake is only wearing black lingerie and you know because it's all matching black lingerie shit's about to get real um so basically she's just in this black lingerie but her creamy pale skin is now an olive shade of green and she has pointy little elf ears and she's like hey you look really naked and i want to suck your penis and he's like i don't know and and sebastian is very self-conscious but in this vr world he is a tall glass of water so he's got like a huge dick <laughs> and he's all like ripped and he's like a little less self-conscious and so she like sucks his dick and he's like, oh, you don't have to do that. And she's like, but I want you, your penis is so big. And he's like, okay. And so they, they just bang it out. Um, and that's like a whole, like two chapters. Then uh, he takes the headset off and she's dressed already. And he's like, what that, wow, that was really, that was really intense. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, you know, we just fucked. She's like, I have never had sex with you in my life. And he's like, what are you talking about? We just, we just, we just fucked. And she's like, I'm really glad that that felt so lifelike to you. That's just a testament to how good my games are. So she's like straight up gaslighting this guy. And I'm <laughs> loving it. I'm loving it. Make this man feel crazy here for it. Um, And she's like, clearly my games are way better than anything you've ever played. And he's like, really mad because he's like no we just had a very intimate moment Sophia and you're pretending like it didn't happen she's like it didn't happen and so he's pissed um but she's like look you passed the first trial um I think you can move on to the next one but uh you need to agree to do it or you need to leave and he's like 
well, what's like the next fucking trial? She's like, well, you have to, you have to win my game. And she, he's like, well, what does it even, what does it even involve? Because like, you're, you're freaking me out. And she's like, you just have to go into the game, find an artifact. And if you can do that, you know, give me your feedback after and, and you can come on as a game tester. And he's like, okay. So he, uh, he's pissed. He's like, I don't trust this woman. Like, I feel like she's setting me up. Um, but he decides to go ahead and do it. So he puts on the headset again. And in this version, he's now like an Indiana Jones type. But he's in he's in a forest. And so he gets this information that he has to go through a forest by a river to a cabin. When he gets to the cabin, he'll get more instructions. And he just needs to survive in the game to pass this trial. Uh, but he has to look out for like baddies right he doesn't know what that means but there's baddies so he's he's going through and he he recognizes that he looks even sexier in his lep coat with all his like stuff he's got a laser gun even though he's dressed in like indiana jones gear but it doesn't matter so he's traveling and then he hears screaming behind him he's like the fuck is that and so he turns around and there's a naked woman running at him screaming and he's like hey like, are you okay? And he's, she just keeps running and screaming. And she's like, he's, she's just like, yo, like, it, it's okay. Like, I'll help you, whatever. Um, but then he notices that her scream isn't from fear, but of rage. Ooh. And she's coming for him, Julie. And she's running, running, running. And he's like, oh my God, what's happening? And she's like, feed, feed, I need to feed, blah, blah, blah. She's a vampire, Julie. And he's like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? So he's like trying to run away from this lady, but she's like chasing him. And he's like, oh, no. And then uh, he's like blasting her, but the, but the laser gun's doing nothing. And he's like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And then out of nowhere comes a giant cat, And that cat pounces on the naked vampire lady and crushes her skull like an egg. And he passes out because he's in so much pain so like th this virtual reality world is very realistic so he's feeling pain he's feeling hungry he's feeling cold he's in and when he reaches up for the vr headset unless he really concentrates he can't even feel that either so it's like he's really in this world so he wakes up and he can't really see anything it's pitch black but his arms are tied up they're like chained and he's like oh no and he thinks like Sophia is there and he's like okay Sophia like I don't want to do this again you know I don't I don't love this experience for me even though you're hot as hell and he just hears this voice and she's like shh it's okay it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay and he's like no Sophia I want to get out of here and she's like but I just want to suck your dick <laughs> and he's like no we can't do this I don't want to do this again Sophia and she's like yum 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 your penis is so big I can't wait to put it in my mouth and he's like, no. And then he's like, let me out of here. And so he gets like untied and stuff. And he sees that it's not Sophia, but it's like a kitty cat lady. And it's because the were cat turned back into its lady self. And it's, it's a cute little kitty cat. And she's naked. And she's got a tail and little ears. And she's like, but I want to fuck you and suck your dick. And he's like, not today, lady. I got, I got business to attend to. And she's like, who told you what to do? And he's like, okay, I do. <laughs> And so they bang and uh, it's, it's a gay old time. They just have a blast. And he's like, wow, that was really great. And, you know, I got to finish this quest 
Uh, but I hope I could see you again sometime. And uh, so he leaves this cabin uh, or this like ladies cave or whatever, because he has to find the cabin and he's and he's walking. He makes it to the cabin and the cabin is completely deserted. It's totally desolate. And he's like, oh, all right, that's good. Um, and so he goes to sleep for the night. Uh, but then he hears like tapping on the window and he's like, Oh no, it's probably another vampire lady. Oh no. What am I going to do? Um, but he has to leave the cabin because he has to find like food and stuff. Cause he's hungry. He's feeling hunger in this world. And so he's like, I got to find something. And he's got to find like whatever was tapping on the window. When he opens the door, there's footprints leading to the house, but then they stop at the door, which means whatever came to the house is inside the house. And he's like, oh, no. So he comes back inside the house and there's a fire going. And he's like, oh, OK. And then he looks in the kitchen and there's a stew bubbling. And he's like, oh, my God. OK, what the heck? So he goes back upstairs to the bedroom and in the bed, three ladies. Mm. And he's like, oh, hello, ladies. And one of the ladies is the kitty cat lady. And she's like, hey, buddy, you left while I was sleeping and I, I couldn't like say hello or goodbye or anything. And so I had to come find you. But we've gotten orders from our boss, who is Sophia Blake, that we are to assist you in this journey. He's like, but who are you guys? Well, they're they're characters from another game. Oh, I don't know how they got there. But one's a mermaid and one is a fairy. Uh, And then Kitty Cat Lady's like, you guys take care of Sebastian. I'm just going to go check on the stew. And they're like, no problem. So Sebastian turns around and they're already like going at each other. And he's like, oh, my, my, my. And he's like, may I cut in? And they're like, yeah. And so then they bang. Um, and then the kitty cat lady comes back and she's like, how was it? And he's like, it was pretty great. And she's like, awesome. Come eat some food when you're ready. And he's like, I will. And then he's like, we're going to be a really good team, all of us. And the book ends and you're like, well, are they going on an adventure? Like what's happening? I don't, I don't know. Um, now at first I thought maybe, maybe this book was written by a woman pretending to be a man until I read things like my weighty ball sack. Oh boy. Uh, her most forbidden hole. That's her butthole, Julie. Oh boy. Um, the 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 use of seed instead of semen or or jism or cum um anything the, the use of the word squelch was, was in there quite a bit um what else I, all that kind of stuff it, it was a lot pussy squirts her girl juices Ew! I was like no woman would write we're that. not saying girl juices we're not doing that that's another thing we're yeah. saying Slide my third finger up their most secret holes. Yeah, boy. I'm telling you right now, like, there's no secret there. <laughs> you got buttholes. Um, yeah. Anyway, oh, sorry. One of them, it wasn't, it wasn't a fairy. It was a dragon. So I know you and I were floating around the idea of doing dragons, and I got bamboozled into reading another dragon book this season. Um, wasn't bad. Wasn't the writing wasn't bad. Uh, it was just very clearly written for a dude. So while um, here's what I will say, Julie, is that the man that wrote this knows how to eat pussy. 
And I say that because I have had my pussy ate. I've had it ate well and ate not so well. Mm-hmm. And um, the way he describes eating pussy is how you do it well. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, so points to uh, Mr. Barton for that. This man knows what to do. And he did that to every single character that he hooked up with. He ate it like it was his last meal. So uh, points for that. But this was clearly written for for men. But what I will say is that if men are getting their sex tips and how to pleasure their lady folk from this book, like they're getting solid tips. Okay. Oh, that's good. Solid tips. Yeah. Um, It was silly. It was just a silly, silly read. Um, It's fine. It's fine. Loved that this man wasn't cocky. I will say that right now. I love that he wasn't cocky. I love that he had low self-esteem. I can't really be attracted to a man without low self-esteem. I need him to know that I'm better than him and have no illusions otherwise. Um, so that made this character attractive to me. What lost points for attractiveness is that he's like, you can call me Seb. And I have never known a Sebastian who referred to himself as Seb that I liked ever. Mm. And I've banged a Seb. Um did not don't approve of that moniker um yeah but that's just a personal choice for me i'm sure there's a many lovely sebs Uh, i feel like it's a french thing yeah i was gonna say that wasn't french i was just about to say that i've never met a sebastian i only know the sebastian yeah i know like i don't know an english sebastian no um Um, that's a lie there was a crab yeah no i know (laughs) we do know that he's caribbean he's caribbean (laughs) i find that's closer to french than english but that is true um yeah but i mean he didn't go by seb no he He did not he was sebastian Sebastian, you're right yeah but i've never known a french sebastien who did not go by seb um and i don't i've never liked any of them so it's like how I only have space in my heart for one Jessica. Ooh, okay. Like, I, I don't like Jessicas as a rule. Okay. Um, yeah. I can only hold one. And that's fine. So anyway, I, I don't want to write this book. It wasn't written for me. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. I, yeah. But, I, but I, I've made my point. See, he made all of the virtual AI women come. Um he was honest about his own shortcomings but he did his best um i think a man reading this would think it was a tr- it was good mm-hmm. um there's there's too much fucking in it but i feel like given that it's broken up into like five parts i think that's probably a big story and it's probably better as as a gotcha full story yeah so what the fuck are you gonna read uh if it's just so much banging and you know i have to say maybe it's just maybe it's just my own mindset but as you were describing maybe it's because it was like vr but anyways as you were describing it i'm like is this don't worry darling (laughs) that's all i kept thinking about i haven't seen that um i have no interest in seeing that i don't know what it's about um uh wow it's, it's fine don't worry, darling. Is oh no, no, you told me about. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a VR situation. Yeah, like a misogynist. Yeah, no, because the only person in the VR was Sebastian. Yes, yes. But when you started describing it, I thought, oh no, where is mm-hmm. this going? But yes, 
No, no, it was it was bad. And you know what? He did not like um, being in the situation without his consent. When it when it involved kind of like AI characters, he was more interested uh, because they were programmed to do that. Right? Mm-hmm. They weren't real people. But when he thought he was banging his boss, he was very apprehensive. And then when she was like, "That wasn't me," but I got you on the counter anyway. He was like. <laughs> He was not into it. He was like, "Bitch, I'm gonna walk out." And she's like, "Then you're you're not gonna get uh, any of this uh, this great job. It pays really well." And he's like, "Well, it said in the ad this job had benefits." She's like, "It sure does." And he's like, "What are the benefits?" And she's like, "How about a harem of monster girls?" I'm like, "That's not even. That's just you. You're giving him code. That's just code. You're just writing code for a man." <laughs> and that was enough for him. So, what can I say? Anyway, uh, yeah, okay, okay, just uh, buckle up, I guess, buddy. It's, yeah, what are you reading? Just, just, just walk with me. Just okay, with me. <laughs> we're going on a journey. Yeah, okay. I grip her hips like a man possessed, thrusting and bucking my hips as I piston my cock in and out of her sexy hot pussy. With each thrust of my cock, Harlow drives her hips downward, sucking up every inch that I have to give her. Her eyes roll back and her mouth falls open as she cries out with overwhelming pleasure and joy. Tongues of flame leak from her mouth like a dragon and curl about her lips. Her pussy spasms along with the length of my dick as her hot juices spurt and jet from her. The three of us have come so fucking hard that despite the coldness of the weather outside, our bodies are slick with sweat. With my cock still buried deep inside of her, Harlow slumps down onto me, her body still vibrating with the aftershocks of the orgasms that I've just fucked through her. The three of us collapse onto the bed, gasping and panting for breath. We lay together, our arms and legs entwined like a human knot. Fuck me, that was something else, I gasped, my broad chest hitching up and down. You were something else, Faye smiles, contently snuggling up even closer to me. I have never been fucked so hard, Harlow purrs against my chest. I feel Harlow take hold of my hand as Faye takes hold of the other, and as we all lay together, I feel a bond growing between us, an unbreakable bond. As if being able to read my thoughts, Harlow says, I think we make a great team, don't you? The perfect team, I smile, pulling Harlow and Faye closer. And I can't think of anyone I would want to be with more on trial uh, that has been set for me by Sophia Blake than Zenny, the werecat girl, Harlow, the dragon girl, and Faye, the mermaid. I have no doubt in my mind that me and my three monster girls are going to have one crazy-ass adventure together. But what will that adventure entail? Will there be danger? And if so, will I survive it, with or without the help of these monster girls? But what is the trial that Sophia Blake has set me? There is only one person that seems to know, and that is Zenny, the werecat. So often I have my breath back. Oh, so once I have my breath back, I get up and pull on my clothes. As I get dressed, Faye and Harlow climb from the bed and get dressed too, but not in the conventional sense. From the neck down, their voluptuous bodies become covered in scales. Faye's scales are light blue and have an almost translucent type quality to them. The scales covering Harlow's curves are dark, rusty red. Both of them now look as if they are wearing tight-fitting body stockings. With Faye and Harlow at my heels, I leave the bedroom and head downstairs to where I know Zenny is waiting to give me the details of the trial that awaits the four of us. 
And uh, that is My Boss is a Monster Girl, part one. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I'm going to give you a real different experience and we'll end on a wholesome note. How's that? I- Let's uh let's let's look at the difference between male and female writers. <laughs> let let shall we? Shall we take a deep dive into what a queer woman of color writes about versus whatever the fuck yours was? Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. So the part I'm going to read for you is is a very sweet moment near the end of the book when Alba, so again, Alba um is in Dallas and you know but she's from New York her Mom is in New York. Her siblings are in New York. And she's deciding whether or not she wants to stay in Dallas with her, you know, soon to be thriving hustle of doing interior design or whether she should just pack it all up and go back to New York. So her friends have flown in her mama to um, to convince her to stay in Dallas and to live her dreams. So... <clears throat> Do you want, and I'm not doing accents because they are Dominican and that is a Spanish accent and I'm not racist, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't do accents for people of color. That's our rule here at Ravage Love. 100%. <clears throat> do you want to move back to New York, Miha? She asked as we sat on the bed. I reached for one of her hands. They were worn and rough from years of working with harsh chemicals, cleaning people's houses, and once again, I wished things would have been so much easier for her. It's where you are, mommy. I can't just abandon you and Mita. I knew then, as I'd known for weeks, that I didn't want to leave Dallas. But if my mother needed me, I would go back. Ay, miha. The soul deep regret in those two words sliced through me. My mom's brown eyes looked up at me with such sorrow. My eyes blurred. You need to go where your, heart, where your dreams take you. She shook her head, a bittersweet smile on her face, as she looked at one of the sketches I'd pinned to the wall. We came here to make way for you to do bigger things than we ever could, not to clip your wings without, with our mistakes. I depended too much on you, Miamor. No, Ma, I wanted to help. My mother tisked and squeezed my hand. I know you did. You were always so strong, so capable, and I got too used to letting you handle things. But it was too much to ask of you. The regret in her eyes hurt, but I knew she'd done her best. You were strong too, Mummy, and you managed... I did, my mother agreed, and she ran the scratchy pad of her thumb over the palm of my hand. But I don't want a life of just managing for you, baby. I want you to be happy. A sob escaped my throat at my mom's words, because happiness now looked and sounded like Theo, and that was gone. You shouldn't have to be trapped by my choices. I began to shake my head, ready to disagree and fight her on that. I am so proud of the woman you are, so strong. But sweetheart, I don't want to see you bent in half from the weight of what you have to carry on your own. An image of Theo begging me to let him take care of me pulled another ragged sob from my throat. I don't know, mommy. What if I can't make this business work? What if he betrays me? From the knowing smile my mother was flashing me, it was clear I didn't need to specify who the he was. I don't know the future, she admitted, then put her palm on my face. But I do know what you do with those bedrooms is amazing. And as for him, there are no guarantees, but there is something to be cherished in a man who can see your strength and your vulnerabilities and love you for them both. I was crying in earnest by then, thinking about the way Theo had cared for me that day that I had fainted, the eagerness to do even the smallest things for me. Maybe, maybe Theo needed to be needed as much as I craved unconditional support. But what if he gets tired of how chaotic I am? What if he doesn't? My mom countered and then wrapped her arm around my waist. 
Your father didn't respect me enough to see me as an equal, even when I was the one who provided for our family. He resented me for that, and so he treated the business I'd built like it meant nothing to him. Because to him, it would have only been valuable if he had done it. But that man, he sees your brilliance. He sees you, sweetheart. He's not threatened by your success. Whew! Woo! I mean, fucking goddamn son of a bitch. And then they go on to continue to be adorable and sappy with each other. But I want to photocopy that page and send it <laughs> to every parent I know and to every like man who's like, man, these romance novels, all they want is like Fabio with whatever. It's like, no, we literally just want someone who treats us like an equal. And the fact that that's considered a fantasy for women is <laughs> batshit. And the fact that like a parent saying... You don't have to parent me. I am the parent. Go live your life. That is the purpose of being a parent is hoping your kids have a better life than you did. I. <laughs> wow. Whew. Yeah. So, yeah. What? I feel like the moral of this story is like, who are you to judge? Right. There's only one true judge and that's God. <laughs> um... <laughs> I mean, what an incredible note to end on. Josh, so our producer, just, just end it there. Just end it there. And <laughs> at the rest, chilling out. My father do his job <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we could. Can we just can you make like just print those out, right? And then we'll just mail them to our parents. Absolutely, like, we, we can put them on our website. We'll on our website. And then uh, you can just print it out. Don't print it from our website. We don't have one. And then mail it to your folks. Uh, from Ravage Love to them. Yeah, because that's the fucking dream right there. And it's just so funny that you're like, you know, what is fantasy? And yours is like, VR fucking. Yeah. And then I'm like, what is fantasy? Supportive parents and a supportive partner. <laughs> I just can't read beautiful romance anymore because it makes me so sad. Because I'm like, I don't have that. And I don't have a family and I don't have those things. But it's like, I can make fun of a man getting busy in a VR headset all day long. And that's where I find my joy. Yeah. So, and I, you know I love that for you. you. Do. And Thank you. our listeners, as we have morphed from, you know, being a little bit all over the place, but on the same theme to like basically carving out a path for ourselves <laughs> where mine is straightforward and yours is batshit. Listeners love it. So that's the feedback we've gotten is that there's every week there's a little something something for anyone's tastes. You know, you like a little bit more mainstream. You got me. You like what is the weirdest thing someone could pull? You got Renee. We we're here for the people. I read it so you don't have to. (laughs) And sometimes we're delighted. Um, You know, even you. Right. Like even some of the wildest shit you've read. You've been like, I picked this because it was about something ridiculous and then i fucking adored it you just never oh, know yeah you just never know yeah oh god i i find i found some very excellent gems i am you know we, at the beginning of our of our series uh you know we were getting bamboozled by shifters and now i just keep getting bamboozled <laughs> by dragons um i don't hate it for myself really i do thrive in a fantasy world my psycho social assessment said that um <laughs> so you know i just i'm thriving and i i'm so happy that it's like if i read these fantasy romances that are some of them are so spicy 
and I get sad because I'm like, I'm never going to have that. It's like, well, yeah, bitch, you're never going to find a werewolf. Like, <laughs> calm down. And I can, I can live with that. Like, I can I can live with that. that. I could take that to bed with me. And I'm like, it's all right, Renee. You're going to be all right. That makes a lot of sense, though, Renee. Honestly, like, I know it's funny, mm-hmm. but it is. it does make a lot of sense to be like, yeah, you're like, I'm never going to fucking meet a swamp monster who's gonna dick me down and eat me out for four days straight so i can enjoy it because that's an unrealistic thing to want mine is shockingly real oh yeah i I mean (laughs) please know that i would believe you if you told that story (laughs) imagine calling you one day and being like guess what happened (laughs) you're like are you sitting down funny story i was by the Mm -hmm. creek yeah there's a lot of chemical runoff so things happen i mean weirder things have happened we live in what might be the wildest timeline we are two millennials who have survived so many quote unquote (laughs) once in a lifetime storms and unprecedented times that at this point who fucking knows but the next covid variant could turn people into fucking bigfoot like we don't know the world is a mysterious place right now, so we're both living in fantasy. Both a world in which the supportive parents exist and a world in which people fuck shifters or spiders. Remember when you read the book about the spiders? Which one? Remember the one that was like shockingly spicy with someone fucking a spider and Ooh, then you th- the- and you thought and it was like, a- got like eggs in her and she <laughs> was like, oh, I love it. And you were like, I thought it was a shifter and it was just a spider <laughs> it was a real just giant spider it was awesome oh my god Jesus. big fan big fan that well listeners if you love the journey we're on i am dying to know where we're going next week because what is our next theme renee you want the theme you can't handle the theme julie <laughs> next week we're doing the lawyers <laughs> And I agreed, I mean, I agreed to almost all of our themes, but I agreed to this one in particular because I'm like, Renee, where is this going? Oh, I found a book yesterday oh. and I am, <laughs> oh my Can't God, wait. I am dying. I just want to find, oh my God, I'm, I don't, I can't even imagine where yours is. And that's what I love about it is like, I can't even guess what that book is about. So Stick around, friends. If you love our wild and wacky adventures, next week we're going to come to you with books about lawyers. The long cock of the law. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, imagine. Imagine. <laughs> imagine, Master Kalis. All right. Well, it was very lovely chatting with you as per usual. The pleasure is always mine. Do you want to sing a song? Absolutely. Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the show is created by Karen McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushigiyami. That's F-U-S. H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com.